Hello, superstars. Welcome to another edition of Awesome Overflow. This is the April 2019 edition, if you can believe it. <laughs> Kelly's shaking her head like she cannot believe it. I, I can't also believe cannot. it. Especially in regards to your pregnancy, Meg Teets. So we will get to that. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah. really thinking. Like, oh my word. And it's April, but yet it's the very, very end of April. Like it's almost yes. May. So wow. Yes. In a few days, I'll be able to say I'm having a baby next month. See? <laughs> That's always one of those like milestones, you know, when you're towards the end and you're like, then you start seeing the due date, like on the expiration date on milk. It's <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so funny. I used to do that too. You're like, by the time this milk goes bad, the baby will be here. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only weirdo that does that. Nope. <laughs> so anyway, yes, superstars, here we are. Awesome overflow. This is the time that we every month really set aside to just kind of talk about the things that we didn't get to on our regular Friday episodes. We've had a big month in April, lots of really great episodes, I feel like, both on the um, Friday shows and in our bonus um, Extra Awesomes on Tuesdays. It seems like we've gotten a lot of feedback this month, Kelly, from people saying, like, this was what I needed to hear right now. Yep. So... Yeah, we've covered a lot. But then we asked, Kelly asked in the Hangout, I mean, in the Superstars Hangout group, uh, which if you're not a member of, we have some new patrons. I want to make sure everybody is in there who wants to be in there. Facebook.com slash group slash SA Superstars is our exclusive Hangout group that's just for our Superstar Awesome. So if you haven't joined us over there, please do. Um, but Kelly asked, what, what do you guys want to talk about? So we have a lot to get to today, don't we? We do. Although before we get to all of the Superstars, things. I had written down a few things. Do you have a few things that you wanted to talk about too? Like these are the things that I would vox all the superstars if we had like a too big to handle voxer group. These yes. are the things I would tell you guys. I have some things I would tell Meg. Do you have some things for Let's me? Let's do it. Okay. I have a few. Yes. I'll try to keep my list short. So you, you go first though. Okay. So here's an interesting thing that I learned just today. And when we're recording it, it's Monday, April 29th. We did a show here at Minnesota Public Radio about vaccine hesitancy. So in light of now there are more than 700 measles cases. So as I was writing our web copy for this, this is the real point of this. This is grammar and English nerds. Measles. Is it singular or plural when it comes to verb tense? Is it measles are running rampant or measles is running rampant? Now, if it was uh, what smallpox is running rampant, um, which it isn't, to be clear, Um, but you know, what, that's a, it's a conundrum. So I was like, I looked it up, of course, because that's what we do. But I was like, what do you think, Meg Teets? You were an English teacher. Yeah. I, my instinct would be to say that measles, even though it ends in S, is singular because it's referring to like a case of a medical condition. Like it's a descriptor of a medical condition. Okay. That would be my instinct, but I could be wrong. No, I think you're, well, here's the, the right answer is that there is no wrong answer. Okay. It is one of those words that is both singular and plural, like deer. You know, there's one deer and there are many deer or pants. We say, put on your pants and go pick up all your pants on the floor. If you have a teenage son. Um, (laughs) So they said you could use either really there's not a wrong answer, you know, depending, obviously, to some degree, depending on the context. So I would just like to go on record once again and say English is weird. 
Yes. It's weird. It's so weird. Yes. So I did measles are running rampant because it just sounded like how we would oh, talk. Yeah. It definitely sounds right to say measles are. Yeah. But yeah. It's just one of those times I was like, I bet there are a lot of superstars who you are right now thinking of other words that could join our <laughs> list of weird that you're like, this yeah. doesn't fit. You know, I always think about yes. that ad, that old, what was it? Facebook ad? No. Was it Geico? Anyway, whoever did, that's not how any of this works. That's how I think about poor anybody learning English for the first time. As a second language, we're so weird. There's so many weird things about it. So that was my weirdness for this month. I mean, we so we're we have the boys in private tutoring now for reading, and so Kyle and I both are like heavily engaged with the English language right now. With you know, like learning sight words and learning how phonics works and those types of things. And truly, every single day, I'm like, this is the hardest language to learn. How does anybody ever learn it? Right? And I I have a degree in it. I still am like, why is this language so hard? I know. And that's the thing is that when you have kids who are learning it, there's so many things that I think as an adult, we've either forgotten or we've just assumed or it wasn't taught in school. And so then you have a child who says, but why? And you yes. say, I, that's just, I don't just know. You're right. It makes no sense. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't speak any other languages fluently or anything close to fluently. So if there are any speakers of other languages in our superstars group who can come and say, actually, a lot of languages are like this. I'd be curious. Or is English <laughs> yes. kind of an outer liar when it comes yeah. to weirdness? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. You tell me one of your things. Okay. So I have a new Trader Joe's product that I love and it is not edible. <laughs> Ooh, okay. No, that's true though, because I think a lot of us focus on edible things and we forget yes. that one little aisle or that little section that yes. has other products. So what did you find? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you all at Superstars, I, just be prepared. I may save this. I mean, not save it. I'm going to tell you guys about it. But you may hear it again as an Awesome of the Week in an upcoming regular episode of Sort of Awesome because I just can't keep this to myself. Um, so Trader Joe's is very invested in, I think, upping their skincare game. Yes. Now, again, I'm relatively new to Trader Joe's, but it does seem like even in the past year that they have started to release some really um, high quality, but also very cheaply priced mm -hmm. skincare products. One that I picked up, this isn't what I was going to tell you about, but I picked up their Rosewater um, Face Toner Spray. It's so cheap. It feels so great. It's like a little luxury that you can add to your skincare routine. So I had gone in to Trader Joe's specifically because I read a beauty blog article about their the Trader Joe's ultra hydrating gel moisturizer being a dupe for like La Mer uh, flawless, whatever their cooling gel cream is, right. moisturizing cream, which is like almost $200 for a tub. The Trader Joe's Ultra Hydrating Gel Moisturizer was is $9. Wow. So I had gone in looking for that. Now, I'm sad to say that they're, they are, my store didn't have it when I went in, as we've talked about and as you know. <laughs> At Trader Joe's, it's sometimes hit or miss. It is. And it's not even always in like the season, right? So Right. right. Yes, exactly. But what I picked up instead was some, um, high, okay, I can barely say this, hyaluronic acid. <laughs> Which is basically, um, it attracts moisture out of the air and kind of keeps your skin 
moisturized. As we get older, and for those of us whose skin is maturing, keeping your skin moisturized is such a great way to keep it looking plump throughout the day. And so I picked up the Trader Joe's version of it. It was like, I don't know, seven or eight dollars. It was super cheap. And I thought, well, I'm just going to try it. Oh my gosh, Kelly, I love it. I'm using it not only in my evening skincare routine, but in the mornings before I put my makeup on. And it really does, particularly in areas. Now, again, this is not going to give, this is not dermatologist level fillers. It's going to fix your skin or anything. But just to have a little extra moisture, a little extra plumpness, especially under makeup, I have just been loving it. It is really fantastic. And for the price tag, I think it cannot be beat. Right. And anybody could try it. I think sometimes the ones that are higher end, even though people will rave and say this is so worth the money, I, for one, am reluctant to shell out 40 or $50 for a bottle of yes. serum because what if it yeah. doesn't work for me? So that's right. one of those times where decision fatigue sets in and I go, eh, and I don't yes. do anything. So at less than $10, I can give that a try. Yeah. And the thing about hyaluronic acid is it's not one of those products that you have to use and like six weeks later, you're like, oh, you know what? I think it's making a difference. Like really in a matter of minutes, you're going to be able to see that your skin looks a little bit just like, again, not not like professional level filled up, but just it's got a little bit more glow to it and it feels better too, I think. So I've especially been using it on my neck. I've been really sensitive about how my neck is starting to get that crepey, that dreaded crepey look. I know. (laughs) It's just one of those things that happen. Yeah. But I've been using it really on my neck and I genuinely can tell a difference over time that it's really making a difference on my neck skin. That's cool. Meg, I, I would never say this on the regular show. I will say it to the superstars. I said it, I think, in the superstars group. Um, I don't use any moisturizer. I know. (laughs) I'm 47. So I'm so bad about changing up my beauty routine that I hear all these things and I think, oh, that's a cool one. (laughs) That I'm never going to (laughs) use. That I'm not going to do. So this one I might try and I'll report back. I think that I have just such oily, oily skin that at 47, I'm finally... I'm finally not breaking out all the time, you know, so it's taken me forever to kind of get here. And I'm like, these are the good years. I'm afraid to put stuff on my face and have to react. Well, I mean, seriously, people who do have oilier complexions age slower. So, and you, I'm sure you look amazing. And I'm sure your whole life, you've never really needed to think about like anti-aging anything. So. Right. I mean, well, I just haven't. I mean, not that I haven't needed to. That's probably a stretch. I bet a dermatologist (laughs) would be like, girl. Let's talk about sun exposure. But no, I haven't needed to. And in fact, I've always been mostly trying to dry my skin out. Um, I can still go. (laughs) This is too much information. At work here, you guys, since I started working um, and I have to dress professionally. I mean, not super professional. I'm wearing jeans, but, you know, like a suit coat, whatever. I can go to the bathroom at lunch and with a paper towel, like blot my face and soak up like I can see through it. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it is no small amount. So yes. Anyway. Okay. So let's move on from my gross skin. Like, well, not gross (laughs) skin, but you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, not, not where I thought the conversation was going. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I have to tell you guys, I can't, I don't think I would say this is an awesome of the week. Um, only because it's about a Costco find. And I know that not everybody has a Costco or not everybody wants to shop at Costco. But just this last weekend, and you know, just like at Trader Joe's, how Costco works, you eat that sample 
and you're like, oh my word, this is amazing. I would never have looked at this in the freezer case. It is a frozen box of street tacos made by a company called Hatch Refinery, I think. Okay. I pulled it up Uh so I can make sure. Yes. Hatch Kitchens. Sorry. So they're uh, carnitas, so pork, street tacos. They're small. You can put them in the microwave. Um, You know, we have some standards for tacos because we lived in San Diego for so long. So we are disappointed (laughs) by much of what passes for tacos in the upper Midwest. These were phenomenal. Tiny little, just like a street taco would be, corn tortilla, um, just pretty much spicy pork meat in the middle. They heat up in less than two minutes. The one thing is, you know, heating anything up from frozen on a plate in the microwave, we like turn them over as soon as you get out of the microwave because they want to get soggy. But they are so good. I'm not kidding you when I say that we brought the, we brought, well, my kids had them as a sample and went and got a box and then came found me and were like, mom, mom, we have to get these tacos. And then I tried one and I'm like, go get a second box. Like, those are going to be gone. They're $9 for a box of 20. We finished the first box as soon as we got home. Like ate it right away. And I think the second box is almost gone in like two days. So yeah. fantastic. Pretty healthy. Gluten-free. Although I can't say that I've read the ingredient list, but it doesn't have, you know, flour tortillas. A um, little bit of protein. I just love when I find some sort of an easy, quick, semi-healthy thing that when my kids say, I'm hungry... And I'm doing something and they don't want to eat all the things they can make, you know, like all the things they're they're equipped to do. And they're like, I don't want any of that. Here's something new. So if you're a Costco shopper, this is a fairly new product I'm hearing. Look for it at your Costco and report back. Tell me if you like it as much as I do. Totally. Yes. Okay. I know that lots of you hopefully are listening to Lars Remain's new podcast, 10 Things to Tell You. I mean, it's not... It's new-ish. new-ish she started yes. at the beginning of this year. Every every time that she puts out an episode, she has a prompt for people to discuss. And they're, they've, these have all been so much fun. I think one of the best conversation starters that could, you could apply this in any conversation in your life, whether you're with your husband or partner, close friend, sister, like whoever – is the one that she did recently on who did you think you would be? Mm-hmm. Such a good conversation starter with friends. I could see girls' night chat going around this. Again, date night, you and your husband. Like, I think it is so fascinating to revisit our past expectations and see how things have turned out. And like, I don't know. Is it good that they, they turned out this way or or do I still want to strive for this? I don't know. It was that one is the one that I have been thinking about that left me thinking for a long time. And we in our friend group, Kelly, you and I, we had some good discussion about it. It's almost kind of therapeutic in a way to to revisit those past expectations and be like, here's where I landed and here's where, how I feel about yes, where I've landed. That's expe- especially, I think, the part that's the processing, right? It's one thing to acknowledge it, but then what do you do with that? So what would you say? Oh, gosh. Well, I shared this with our, our friends. I expected to stay in our little hometown that Laura and I are both from. I fully expected I would marry a boy from that town and that we would kind of settle into small town life, that we would... Um, that I'd 
we'd be really active in our church and then maybe I'd sing in the church choir and then I'd be teaching and he'd have his job and we'd be at the Friday night football games and all of these things. Just kind of like I would look at my friend's parents and think, I think especially because I moved a lot mm-hmm. when I was growing up, that like every three or four years, I would look at my friends who like were born and raised in one place and look at their parents and think like, oh my gosh, I that's what I want. That's what I'm dreaming for myself. So I, and I thought I would have like a very insular life. Like, of course this was when we were kids, there was not the broad connectivity that we have today, but in no way did I imagine that, um, part, some parts of my life would be as public as they are. Um, and we, I mean, Kyle and I are both from small towns, but we live in a big city and I don't know, it just, a lot of things look so different than what I thought. And not in a bad way, just really different. <laughs> yeah. I feel like for me, I've I've already lived long enough to have gone through probably three different what I expected, and then they've all gotten tossed out the window. And yeah. so it's hard for me to even remember in some yeah. ways, like who I thought I would be because they came and went, you know, for sure, growing up in a time when the internet wasn't a thing. So your life was just smaller. Even what you knew you could be was smaller. Yeah. So, you know, like what I thought, you know, it's, it's just, it was a much smaller version of what anybody would imagine today because it was all I knew. You know, I mean, I grew up so deep in the Christian subculture. Of course, everybody was going to be in that. Everybody's married. No one ever gets divorced. Um, You know, of course, as I've famously said, I didn't want to have children. So even that is a big switch, you know, um, so there's just been a lot of times that I've like, oh, we're on this path now. And then er, it changes a little bit. So in some ways, I can see some big deviations. And in some ways, I still feel comfortable in my own skin. Like I don't regret. And that's partly a choice. I just choose not to look at life that way. That wherever you go, and wherever your path deviates, you are learning, you have the opportunity to grow. So I don't want to look at something and say, well, I regret that. I can say I might do it differently now, yeah. um, but it was a part of what made me me today. So, yes. yeah, it's such a good question. If you guys, there is this kind of spinoff group from the Hangout for this podcast. Um, it's yeah. so fun to talk to other awesomes about these questions because they are very Laura Tremaine, very thought-provoking, thoughtful. They make you think about your own life and then have good discussions with your friends. Absolutely. So fun. So that was a good one. Yeah. What else do you have? Okay, one more. I might say this in the podcast sometime if I just get really, but I think people are going to laugh at me. So that's the reason I don't want to say it on a regular <laughs> podcast because it is another example of Kelly Gordon being behind the social times okay. of what's popular. But there's this TV show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> See, that's why I can't say it, Meg Teets. I know you're have laughing you all heard me. of this one? <laughs> Have you heard of it? It's like in season seven or season six, I think. <laughs> but I had heard some friends, friend of the show, Sarah Bessie loves it. If Sarah loves it, then I'm just like, I'm going to try it. It is indeed as funny as everybody says. Um, here's the thing that I realized after we did the last show, and I know we're going to get to some questions about burnout. Burnout talks about how to complete the stress cycle. <laughs> and so one of the big ways that I complete the stress cycle is through laughter. 
And so Brooklyn Nine-Nine has become my way to complete the stress cycle every night or whenever I get to it. I don't just watch one episode. I watch multiple. And I don't know. I think part of the appeal to me is not just the humor, although it is very much my humor. I love The Office. I love Parks and Rec. It's that kind of quirky ensemble cast. Um, But it's also that occasionally... Um, my teenage son will come in and we share a quirky sense of humor. Although, I don't know, my daughter too. He's just more likely to watch sitcoms with me, I think. And so he'll sit and we'll both just like tear up laughing. In fact, the other night, uh, it was very late. I think it was a Saturday night. I was watching an episode and I had just started and he came in. And so I was like, oh, you've got to start this episode with me. And so he and I are sitting watching my iPad. This episode, I don't remember which episode it was. I've been like season two. And it's 1130 at night and he and I are watching this episode in my bedroom, like cry laughing. And my husband comes in and is like, what are you doing? He is supposed to be in bed. You are a bad influence on him. And I'm like, I, but we share it. So I don't know. It's, it is worth it. Superstars, I'm assuming that 98% of you are way up on social. What's the word I'm looking for? Pop culture, not social, um, than I am. But if anyone like me, had not yet tried out Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You got to watch it. Definitely the time of year to find something that's going to lift your spirits and keep you laughing. Right. So fun. So fun. Okay. The last thing, (laughs) this is the, this is the opposite of pop culture fun, but it really has been awesome in my life. And it's two sort of like housekeeping things that I can file under, you know, Rebecca and I did that episode, Things We Wish We'd Done Sooner. Yeah. It was a good one. These are so dumb, but they have made my my housekeeping life so much better. The first thing is I found the perfect microfiber cleaning towel on Amazon. Okay. Of all places. They come in a pack of 12. They're gray. And I, you know, for many, many, many years, I've seen people be like, oh, I use my microfiber cloths to clean this and that. And I was like, I don't know. It feels weird. It feels gross. I feel like you should use paper towels because you can throw them away. But I decided to give these a try. And Kelly, oh my gosh, the streak-freeness of these microfiber cloths or towels, whatever you want to call them, it's really revolutionary. And I feel like how you're talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and everybody's been loving it for years. Uh, that's how I feel about this microfiber. <laughs> like so many blog posts or Pinterest posts or whatever that I've seen through the years, people swear by these. And I've been so skeptical. And I finally tried them and I will, I'm here to testify. Yeah. They, they are amazing. I, I think they're a great green alternative too, because you're right. Oh, yeah. You know, as far as just using a paper towel to clean your kitchen counters if you're trying to buff them. But yes, use a microfiber. It's a great alternative. Okay. This other thing I feel totally, um, like part of me wants to apologize because this is a very, this is a first world problem for sure in a first world solution. I just want to completely acknowledge this. But one of the biggest things that drives me crazy about gathering laundry, running laundry, laundry is a thing that I love, but the thing, the part of the system that drives me crazy is that there, I feel like that with four kids and even my husband does this, there are dirty clothes all over the house at all times. I'm feeling it's like walking in on a frat party or something. There's like (laughs) underwear all over in places that it shouldn't be. And 
Yep. I actually have, in my younger two kids' room, they have a laundry hamper, like from Ikea. They're cute. They could have been used to hold toys. Their clothes are around. Their dirty clothes are around the laundry hamper. I'm like, you guys, how hard is it to put it in here? Like, at least then it helps your room look neater. Come on. I know. Well, here's what I did to solve that problem, because we also had that problem of people just like throwing dirty clothes toward the hamper. In the general direction thereof. In the general direction. I found on Amazon this over-the-door hanging laundry bag. It's called a laundry nook. You hang it. It comes with its own hooks. You hang it over the door, and it has like a circle. You you stuffed your clothes down in. And then the nice thing, too, is – um, on the reverse side, there at the bottom, there's a zipper. Yes. So when it gets full, you just unzip and it empties into your hamper or right into the washer, however you want to use it. Um, these are about, right now, they're about $17 on Amazon. I deliberated so much. I was like, this is so much money for such a dumb problem. But I went ahead and picked up a few of them. I don't regret a single penny of that because my kids have actually been doing it. There's something like the challenge or the novelty probably of having like when like you stuff it down in this thing. I don't know. It's working and it has alleviated that one part that just like point of friction of getting everybody's laundry gathered up for me. So I didn't even think about it. But if you don't have much room in your room to do this, this is a great off the ground alternative. Right? Yes, totally, totally. Yes. And the other place I put one is um, we actually, our laundry room's in our basement. And so a lot of times the kids will just like leave, like if they change out of their pajamas into school clothes downstairs, they'll just leave their pajamas there. And now they have a place, like if it's on the first floor, they have a place to take it, a nice. dedicated dirty clothes base place to put it. So anyway, it's so dumb. I don't know. I wish I would have bought all of these things sooner. And it's really making my life <laughs> A little more awesome. That is pretty cool. Okay, so here's a little blast from the past. Did you have a laundry, like, um, shoot? Now, we didn't, but my grandparents did in their house. And I thought, I mean, all of us grandkids thought it was the coolest thing. It went straight down into their basement to where the washer and dryer were. We had one in my house growing up, the house that I mostly grew up in. And it was was built in the 80s, you know, so it wasn't a super old house. It wasn't a super big laundry chute. Like, that's what I remember is that people would try to stuff too many clothes in it and there would be a blockage. Um, But... Yeah, I I just thought about that the other day. My mom would keep a huge, because we had four kids in our family too, like a moving box, like a not a a basket. Like there was no way to hold, you know, four or five days worth of clothes in a basket. It was this like big moving box and there was this mound of laundry in it at all times that we would stuff down the hamper. And then, of course, if it was a boring Saturday, we would just like drop things down the hamper too. Like... (laughs) You go down to the bottom and I'll drop something on your head, you know, or or something we get stuck in the hamper. And so then we would like pile things on top of it to try to get it to go down. And then, uh-huh. you know, and then it was a dangerous situation because it'd be like a brick or something. But yes. probably another reason why they got rid of them in houses. They're like, this is a safety hazard. Probably. Yes. But yes. yeah, that's like how to get laundry from point A to point B is a thing that I don't appreciate that I have to kind of go gather it from everybody or have them all bring it to me. And then they're like, I don't, can I do it later? And I'm like, no, (laughs) if I'm going to do the laundry in one big batch, which I'm fine doing because I think it's probably the most efficient way, but it's got to be here right now. Go get it right now. So yeah, I get it. Do you want to try to whip through some of these questions? 
yeah. you guys, the superstars, you asked such good questions. I've already written myself a couple of notes, like you said, Meg, for how yeah. to break some of these out even into either another superstar show or right. a regular episode. So we'll just try to get through some of the ones that we can. Yeah. Well, let's just start at the top. Colleen asked a really great question about if we, you and I, since we just were on the regular um, Friday episode talking about the book Burnout from Emily and Amelia Nagoski, if we had any other bonus takeaways Mm -hmm. or any other thoughts um, to share that we didn't. Because, I mean, we talked for a long time about that book, but (laughs) was there stuff that we didn't get to? I think the thing that stands out the most to me, and I'm not sure this is the most universally universally applicable, but was the second section of the book talks, well, I don't even know if it was a whole second section, but about the patriarchy, which they always put, they say the patriarchy, and then in parentheses, ugh, like everywhere that they write about the patriarchy, it's always the patriarchy, ugh. Um, And so it was just really eye-opening to me to think about The world that we live in and sometimes where stress comes from is just because of the culture that we're in. It's not even always that one thing we can point to, which is something that I've been waking up to over the last decade overall. You know, like I was I grew up in a world of like personal autonomy and not we didn't talk about the systems that we exist in. Um, So just recognizing those those systems exist and how they interact with us and how they've shaped us and how they shape the way we view the world um, has been really instructive for me. So reading that chapter was like, oh, yes. Um, So they had such good ideas on how to, A, you know, push back on it if you need to, and also just how to cope with it because it is a system we live in. We can't change everything. We can change it slowly, but it's not going to be something that's like, quote unquote, fixed in our lifetime. That meant a lot to me. Yes. I just want to mention really briefly because later in the question, Superstar Lauren asked about insights about accepting your body, Mm -hmm. how and why. And you and I were just talking before we started recording that actually that is a significant thing that they talk about in the book Burnout because it's one of those external stressors Mm -hmm. that we don't can be one of those external stressors that we don't have control over because we are in a culture where all things women and their bodies, it's such a point of like focus and discussion and expectation and all of these things. And so they're like, we need, we need to, as women, we need to acknowledge this is, this is really damaging for us. And then what does it look like to really move into a place of accepting your body? Right. Don't they call it the bikini industrial complex? Yes. Thank you for saying it. I was like, I know they use a phrase about this. And I was like, where's my Kindle? Yeah. I, I knew that there was a specific phrase they use. But yes, the bikini industrial complex. Right. So that's the system. It's another system that we have just around us all the time. It's the air we breathe. And so having them point out that it exists yeah. and that this is what it does yes. to us is also, yes, exactly. So we could probably do a show just on body yeah. acceptance and, and all of that. I feel yeah. like there's so much to talk about there. Absolutely. I'll say this really briefly. I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this publicly, but I actually don't consider you all superstars to be the public. <laughs> right. No, I don't either. That's like why we're talking I so mean, like, openly. Said- yeah, when you said this is what we would talk about on Boxer if we were catching up, that's genuinely how I feel about these awesome overflow episodes. Okay, so I texted this to you last week, Kelly, after we finished recording. Um, I'm just going to say, I'm going to go through this part really quickly. <laughs> we made the very, very complicated, painful, but ultimately good decision to rehome our dog that we'd had for two years. Um, as we got closer and closer to baby time 
And so many things have shifted in our family since we got the dog that we just came to the realization we are not a good, we're not good fits for each other. Like she needs a lot of exercise. She has a lot of energy and our family was just moving in a different direction than it was two years ago. So what I texted Kelly, and this is what I wanted to tell you all, this all happened at exactly the same time that Kelly and I were reading Burnout for the show. And to me, the biggest takeaway that I will remember and go back to over and over from that book is they talk about how you have to build into your cycle, into into your life to complete the stress cycle. Like you have to be intentional. Be aware that this is a thing. Build it in. Make it part of a process. So for me, as we went through the whole process, and just to assure everybody, we matched her with a family that also has four kids. They're ages 14 to 6, just like our family. They've been waiting and waiting for their first dog. It really was a perfect fit. And I feel really good about it. But the emotional mm-hmm. burden and emotional work of going through that process, not to mention the logistics, was extremely stressful. But because I was aware of it, every step along the way, I had moments built in to do something to relieve and to complete the stress cycle. And I think that there's something very powerful and empowering about just being aware that the stress cycle is a thing and giving yourself space to process through it. So that was a real, it's a real life changer, but I was so thankful that it aligned so perfectly (laughs) with such a very tangible real life example as I was reading it. I was like, okay, every little step along the way I had built in, this has to happen so that I can process, so that I can remind my body, yes, this is a lot of stress, but ultimately I'm safe, I'm healthy, we're good. Right. I I laughed because just this morning, so we had two segments besides the measles one for our show. We did one on, um, it's a story more here in the Minneapolis area because our mayor has said that there's no more warrior training for police, which is a whole philosophy of police. So I had lined up a guest last week to do this. Um, So this morning I got into the booth 10 minutes before we went on air and I called his number and it went to voicemail. And so I called his voicemail or his mobile number and it went to voicemail. And so I texted him and said, hey, <laughs> just Hi trying there. to connect you with you for the live radio thing that we're doing in like 10 minutes. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, shoot, I forgot to tell you, my flight's delayed. I'm getting on a plane right now instead of getting off of a plane right now. <gasps> oh, so stress. Yes. My, our lead producer came in. Luckily, she had somebody that she has used for shows about this before who she had her cell phone. She called this woman two minutes before air and said, can you go on the air right now and talk about this? And she was like, uh, sure. So I guess we were able to pull it out. I'm like, at the, in the meantime, we had this second segment of the measles. So I'm calling them and like, can you go on earlier? You know, like, yeah. so we're scrambling. And we get it all done. And then the, the police, like people were calling, which we take calls from our listeners. It was a super stressful, like crazy, hectic show. Um, yeah. So we got done. And I was like, we all need to go complete the stress cycle after this show. <laughs> we need to go take a walk to the Skyways of St. Paul because we're like, yes. Woo! So I've even been thinking about that in my own life, just in so many ways, how we can tell our bodies that that is done and what we need to move this through so that I can be productive the rest of the day. And I was like, it's just so practical. Man, if you're a mom and you have kids, it's just so practical. I love the book. You guys, go go get it. You, you need it. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yep. Oh, my goodness. I dare say that anybody could pick it up and read it and say, oh, this is the perfect time for me to read this book. 
Because yeah. there's something in your life that's causing stress. Oh. I was so glad to know that it hit you at the time when you needed to rehome Zsa Yeah. Okay. So, Kelly, a lot, a lot, a lot of the questions are about you settling into rhythms of work, what your life looks like right now. So I'm just going to kind of like quick fire some of these at you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Um, let's see. First of all, are you still teaching your class or in training to teach a class at gym, at your gym? I am not in training, but I am teaching it. So Oh, okay. I got certified. So it's actually a program called MOSA, which people around the US, you may be familiar, at the YMCAs, they use the program, but they call it Strength Train Together. Otherwise, it's called MOSA Power. So it's a strength training class. I got certified in November, started teaching in December. I teach it once a week because I work Monday through Thursdays, full like eight-hour days, and then I... Friday is I'm kind of on call. So I'm not usually here in the office. So that's the morning that I teach at the Y. And I'm starting to pick up some other classes and subbing. I love it so much. I also got, you don't have to get certified, but when I started at the Y, I was starting to teach like a Latin hip hop class. So kind of a Zumba-esque, but not paying a licensing fee for Zumba. Like you can find all of these people around the world, you guys, who choreograph dances for exercise classes to hit music. So you can just go make your own. So that's kind of the instructor that I had loved. And I still am sad that I can't go to her class on Wednesdays anymore. That's what she did. So that's I was just kind of following in her footsteps. So I'm not teaching that format right now, but yet I really miss it. So I'm going to try to see if I can work that in probably in the fall. I was talking about doing it now. And then because I'm 47, I had a moment of clarity, which said you're going into summer. You don't need one more thing on your plate when all your kids are home and you're working. You know, like a commi- a weekly commitment that you have to fulfill, which is true. So I am teaching that one Strength Together class, and I love it. In fact, I laughed because in the thread, my sister, I totally bribed her to come to my class. On a Saturday, I subbed at a Y that's really close to her house. And I was like, then you can come to my class. And she did, and she was sore. But, like, it was so fun to see her. It's just fun to see yes. familiar faces. Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, speaking of coming up on summer, one of the questions was, what are your thoughts on working during your kid's summer vacation? Do you, are you feeling nervous or sad? Do you have a plan for how you're going to still have, I mean, as an Enneagram 7, I feel like you're probably building in fun somehow along the way. Yes, I am building it. I am nervous though, because I haven't done this before. So yeah. I have a strong sense of optimism, as usual, uh, that it will be okay. Because this was many years ago, I talked to a mom who had gone back to work. um, And I asked her, how do you do this in the summer? And she said, well, you know, if I get up at seven and go to work and stay till noon, and then work my other hours at home, I mean, my kids are older, this is what she was saying. She's like, they're barely up by noon you know, like in the summer. So she said, I'm not like missing a whole chunk of the day. I still have lots of time to be with them and to spend and enjoy that summer feel. So that's kind of my goal. Again, I only work Mondays through Thursdays. If I can take even a couple of those days and get out of here at noon and say I'll work from, you know, take my kids to the pool and I can, you know, do my writing there or whatever, um, go to the beach, then I feel like it'll be okay. And again, I do have I, one of, my oldest daughter's graduating from high school, and and I have a high school freshman. They both work, um, so they're that they, they have those things in the summer. So transportation, but you know they have. It's not like they're sitting at home all day just waiting for me. It's it's the younger kids. Um, so I am a little nervous about it. It'll be maybe interesting 
to sum up, I kind of think, Meg, that we should do a Superstars summer version show maybe next month um, to talk about some of our tips and tricks for surviving summer. Because I know some of the tips or some of the uh, questions, excuse me, were about like, how do you approach summer and, you know, like the mindset of it and um, I know that we have planned in May our annual summer list, like our listicle things. So that's for the whole audience. But maybe we can just for the superstars talk more specifically about how you survive summer instead of just like here are things that are recommendations yeah. for summer. Let's do that. I think that's a good idea because that question was from Natalie about you working in the summer. And she also was wondering if you right. had any summer meal ideas, which I know you I do. do. Um, and then just the whole transition to summer and then transitioning back to school. I think that's a good idea. I think that could definitely fill out an entire conversation. Right. And Alyssa us, and sure. Holly were talking a little bit about, you know, how you have these things that you think you're going to do and then it's summer and how do you make that transition? So I just think there's some really good kind of more yes. in-depth topics we could cover. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think that was it. Like most, everybody just kind of wants to hear, like, are you settling in? It just, because I think when we first talked about it on the show, and then maybe even in some follow-up overflow conversations, you've talked about just really getting into like the stable, normal rhythms. And you've been doing this for a while now. So do you, do you feel like things are kind of stabilized at this point? Yeah, I really do. I think it's really nice that now, it is light in the morning when I get up and leave for work because we're in that summer, spring, sort of daylight sort of a thing. But I really have refined my routines. It was rough. I mean, you guys heard that. It was rough at the beginning, but I feel really good about it now. So I, I feel more equipped to go into the next unknown season, which is summer. Um, but you guys, people will ask me, I'll run into friends who I don't see as much anymore because I'm at work all the time and they'll say, how are you doing? And I'm just giddy. Like I'm, I am still so happy with what I'm doing, and there's so much opportunity to learn things and grow here. In fact, I will tell the superstars this. If you are in the Twin Cities, like metro area where you can listen, um, I just found out that we are going to be doing our member drive in May, and I get to pitch on air. I get to beg people for money on Minnesota Public Radio. So I'm super excited about it because my husband has worked in fundraising for 10 years. So I went for a walk with him the day that I found out this and I said, hey, I feel like I'm taking all the things I've ever learned from you about how to make an effective appeal and like what people really want, coupled with my background of not growing up with public radio and why I think it's important today. So I'm like, I'm super excited to do this thing that a lot of people in the newsroom are a little eye rolly about or super nervous about or they don't want to do. And I'm like, I can't wait to go on the air and ask for money. But even that is is so different. In TV, there is a very clear wall between who's on the air and who's behind the scenes. Right. And here they're just like, well, okay. Like, yes. you know, you're behind the scenes. You're a producer. You can go on air. Sure. Go, go talk. I mean – even a lot of podcasts do that. Reply All is one that comes right. to mind. They have their on-air talent, of course, is PJ and Alex. But, I mean, probably every two, every three or four episodes, one of their producers, like, de- runs the whole episode, like, tells the whole story and everything. So I think there's definitely more of that crossover when it comes to audio production. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it doesn't surprise me. I guess it shouldn't. It's just not – I haven't been in this world. So it feels funny when I was – given a calendar and we were talking about maybe having me produce some of the the pitches and um it's had my name and so I went to our lead producer and I said hey am I am I on air like no one's (laughs) talked to me about this and she's like it looks like it let me come back you know I said I don't care like that would be fun it would be something new to learn so then we went in an afternoon session where we practiced 
And I was like all pumped up. So anyway, it's just a really fun job. I still feel so deeply satisfied because you guys, I have been looking and waiting for this job for five plus years. And for a long time, I did not think it would come. You know, and so there were other things I would try on. I mean, (laughs) how many times did I say I was going to start my own podcast, Meg Teets? A lot of times. A lot of times. (laughs) Because it seemed like the logical path. And so I would say to the team behind the scenes on Vox, they're like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to talk about this or I'm going to do that. And I would never do it because that just, I kind of didn't want to. It's like, when somebody says, why don't you love that person? You guys are a perfect match, but yet you just don't feel the spark. Yes. So I just never, I couldn't quite execute. And then again, I think maybe some wisdom with age, I would say, if I'm not feeling the passion, I shouldn't do this. And I would back off the ledge. But then I was like, but then what? What am I going to do? So I'm still pinch myself level. Yeah. Okay. But before we go, we have to talk baby. Let's talk baby update. Because that was another question. Like you said, you are days away from saying next month, I'm giving birth to (laughs) another boy, my fifth child. Yes. So it's actually eight weeks from today as we're recording. Eight weeks. (laughs) That's real. That's so real. And again, so June 24th is the day we have scheduled for our C-section. When I told that to Kyle, the very first thing he said was, we'll see if we make it that long. (laughs) There's something about, I think... My daughters, I mean, Daisy was born at 41 and a half weeks, and AJ was a scheduled C-section at 39 weeks. Um, But then having the twins at 35 weeks, like you just, once you've had that experience, everything shifts and you're like, this is actually a reality that can happen. Like, I never thought it would happen to me, but who knows? Were they born with a scheduled C-section? It was just earlier because they were twins? No. It wasn't scheduled. We had scheduled for 39 weeks with them, but they had that. I don't know if you remember. That was a long time yeah, ago. I don't These are details. Refresh my memory. Um, they had a growth discordance. And uh, so Twin B, who is Mac, uh, was growing so much bigger than okay. Twin A. I do remember that. And so once it topped the 35% mark of the discordance between their growth, so I'd gone in for an ultrasound that day, and it was like 36.9%. And they were like, um, you're having the babies today. I didn't have my backpack or anything. Ooh. Because again, I was from the – my right. past experience was like, we'll go and go and go. I'll be pregnant right. forever. Um, and so that was not planned for then. And the thing is, too, like, I've never gone into labor on my own. I don't have any reason to suspect that I will spontaneously go into labor before June 24th. However – this the gestational diabetes has some complications that towards the end, like I'll be going in for weekly ultrasounds and all kinds of stuff. So they may decide prior to 39 weeks, like it's for the best that we go ahead and do this. So, so eight weeks at the latest, Kelly, is what I'm trying to tell you. I'm very (laughs) wide eyed at you right now, Meg Teets. If you can see me, I'm like, girl, because I had a baby. My first was overdue. We had to induce. And then Connor came two weeks early you know, that was the one that's like this dramatic story. He was almost born yes. as we like drove to the hospital because he came so quickly and unexpectedly. Um, and that right. was my wake up call of like, yeah. oh, oh, this could really happen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I am I am like side eye, like, let's get yourself prepared because that's true. I mean, not not yeah. like wishing it on you. Hopefully, would, well, you know, just things can happen. Right. Things know? can happen. That's the thing. So practically speaking, somebody was like, practically, where are you with baby preparation? So I feel really good about some parts in the sense that 
we have the basic gear covered. We have the car seats not installed, but I mean, this is not our first rodeo. We can we can get that thing in there. Um, the great thing, Kelly, about being Catholic and pregnant at this age, because of course, all of my non-Catholic friends have been done for years with baby gear. But we have so many friends that are still actively having babies that are younger than us and have more kids than we do. So one very, very lovely couple in our church was like, um, I have stroller, I have baby bath, I have, like, she just started naming off all of this. She was like, tell me what you want, and I'll bring it to you. And I was Aww. like, oh my gosh. She's like, of course, we'll need it back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. It's so great. So all of the big gear, I feel like we're covered. And that is such a relief. Um, so eventually we'll move this new little brother in with the big brothers. This is the part that has been surprisingly stressful to me. I swear the twins room, Kelly, it's like Hermione Granger's bottomless bag. I have cleaned that room out. I'm not kidding three times to try to consolidate stuff and get stuff out and move their stuff out. I feel like every single time I do, I'm like, how stuff is reappearing in here. I had no idea for years. We've just thrown so much stuff in there. They have one of the few, like our house doesn't have good closets, but they have a good closet. So there's like random stuff crammed into their closet. That part has been stressful. That room is, I mean, the good thing is we won't move the baby in immediately. So we have time. But I just would like for it to be, I would rather do the work right now, you know, to yep. get that part ready. And so that part is a little iffy. We're doing some home reno, which Kyle. <laughs> no time like the present. <laughs> Kyle is feeling the nesting vibe so strongly right now. He's had these things on his list for months. And then all of a sudden he was like, I'm going to do it. So he's like renewing our bathroom. He's doing a bunch of work in the basement. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It'll get done. We'll get there. Mostly I'm feeling good. And I physically am feeling really great. But um, sometimes I do freak out. I'm just going to be real honest about that. Sometimes I freak out a little. And then I'm like, okay. And then I go back into my usual Enneagram 9 stance of it's all going to be fine. It will be. That's the thing. And you know it. Here's the thing about being an older mom, too, is that, you know, you've, you've, this isn't your first rodeo. You know right. that you'll get through. Like, yes. it's, it's going to be fine. You know, even if it feels chaotic, and there are certainly, I'm sure, those days where you're like, I'm going to need to <laughs> hyperventilate for just like, 20 minutes yeah. and then I'll go for yeah. a walk and complete the stress yes. cycle and it will be and fine. Complete the stress cycle. But yes. yeah, it's a lot, but it will be fine. Yeah. So we had some really great questions. Um, Jennifer had a great question about marriage, like being stuck at an impasse. I, I love that one. Um, there was another one about marriage that was really good. Yeah. Where is it? Oh, Heather asked, what do you do when your marriage is in a funk? There's nothing really wrong, but it's not quite right either. I feel like those we could definitely do a superstar bonus on. I don't really, I know, I, I think it's because I'm married to such a very intensely private man, but I always get a little squirmy about talking about marriage stuff on the main show. Yeah. Uh, but I don't mind talking to you all about it. Um, so maybe that's another one to shelve for the future, unless you had some no, thoughts that you wanted to I share think, quickly. No, I think, what was the question? I'm going to look it up real quick so I can make sure I get it right. Heather's question where she said, you know, like, your marriage in a funk. I was kind of like, you know what my best advice is? This is short and sweet and maybe not helpful. 
<laughs> but it's um, just to hang in there. Um, you know, seasons change. Um, if you just kind of keep doing what you're doing, that's like one of those life lessons, right? Sometimes your job, sometimes your relationship with your kids or your house, like it's easy to be like, oh, it's so boring. I've been here doing this forever. Um, I think that there are things that you can do and maybe we can tackle some of those in, like you said, a different show. But I think that's kind of my one advice is hang in there. It will change. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking back over 20 years of marriage. Sometimes it can feel like it's you're more in a funk than not. But I think it's just because we remember those times when you're just like, oh, nothing feels right here. And we don't remember that there's plenty of long stretches when things are fine. Right. Well, and I mean, um, we've had some long stretches where things are definitely not fine. So, you know, yeah. she said it's not so much that something's seriously wrong. We've had some yeah. seriously wrong things. And then yeah. we've had some good years. And I've had those funks. And then all of a sudden you're out of them and we didn't really do anything. It's just like we reconnected. So I have seen, I've been through that cycle. We actually celebrate our 26th anniversary this week. So it it is a cycle that we go through in life. So I don't, you can try some things and there are things you can do. And obviously if it's a serious problem, that's a whole different conversation. But if it's just like a funk, the good news is that it will probably end at some point. Pass. Yeah, it will. Yeah, so there was some really good stuff in here. Some people asked about what we're into. I think Kelly and I actually have a show upcoming where we're just going to talk about the awesome stuff going on in our lives. Like, our, uh, sometimes we just do that, just like a whole show of awesomes yeah. of the week. Like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So, yeah. <laughs> awesomes <laughs> of the last think... decade. <laughs> <laughs> but I think since Kelly and I were going to do that one, we don't want to, you know, spill all of our awesome secrets. Right. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and Katie asked about my planner. I still love it. Wait, what was it, Katie? Who asked about the planner? Yes, yes Katie. it is Katie. Um, this cheapo planner from Amazon. I love it so much. You guys, it, it doesn't even have a name. It's called the essential eight and a half by 11 monthly and weekly 2019 planner. <laughs> Someone so, could have better, done a better job with branding. <laughs> Someone should have done a better job with branding because it's the best planner I've ever used. And it's like right now it's $10 on Amazon. I think it was 15 when I bought it. I love it so much. You guys. I almost want to just like stockpile it. I'm like, please don't ever stop making these. They're amazing. So it is so cheap. It is the perfect fit for me. So thank you for asking. I do still love it very much. Um, So yeah, so we didn't get to everything, but we did read everything. And it's got our ideas churning for upcoming both Superstar episodes and regular Friday episodes. So yeah. Oh my goodness. And we've talked about doing maybe at some point some live chats in the Superstars group yeah. like that are scheduled mm-hmm. so that people can join us and we'll just do it live in there, which is kind of yeah. scary, but could also be fun. We haven't, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about Facebook Lives. So, you know, but maybe we'll try that sometime. That could be kind of a fun way to connect because we really do love hearing from you, Superstars. We love that this can be kind of a conversation that we can talk to you and you can talk back to us. So. Definitely. This is our girlfriend chattiest of all of our chats, for sure. We don't have a script or anything. We're just like, let's get on the mic and start talking. So, okay. Well, speaking of that, I guess we better wrap things up. Um, Kelly, anything else before we go or anything like that? No, I don't think so. I would just, if anybody wants to come whine with me about weather or commiserate about, I don't know, if we're ever going to get into like tornado season, things are happening across yeah. the world so you know to come find me kelly gordon mn at twitter on twitter and instagram 
We didn't have so our weather, better. our regular weather segment, I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we did that before we started recording. Yes, we did, definitely. Oh, good. Okay, well, you all know you can find me in the Hangout group or at Sort of Awesome Meg wherever. And again, if you're not in the Superstars group, we'd really love to have you, even if you are not really a Facebook person. Um, it's really nice just to have um, a place that's quiet. It's not not as busy. You can ask the things that you like really need your trusted girlfriend's advice on. So we'd love to have you over there. Facebook.com slash group slash SA Superstars. Also be thinking ahead. We've wrapped up our spring swap. I think it went wonderfully. Um, We'll have another one coming up for the summer. So if you did not get to do the spring one for whatever reason, but you want to give it a try for summer, start looking. Well, probably the beginning of June, I'll start putting out announcements about that. So you guys, as always, thank you so much for supporting sort of awesome our mission and our message thank you for being our inner circle our um ride or die ladies it's been so encouraging to have you all along with us so thanks for listening as always and we'll talk to y'all later